Good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. We are reading in the book of Revelation. Last time we read chapter 15. Now at the end of chapter 15, uh, the last verse here, And the temple was filled with smoke from the glory and radiance and splendor of God and from his power, and no one was able to enter the temple until the seven plagues of the seven angels were finished. Now here, um, the seven angels had been given golden bowls full of the wrath and indignation of God. Okay? So just to put that in perspective where we're at. Now we're ready to read Revelation chapter 16. And I am reading in the Amplified Bible. Then I heard a loud voice from the temple saying to the seven angels, Go and pour out on the earth the seven bowls of the wrath and indignation of God. Now, I do want to want to make note of one thing because I have had someone who who was saying that none of this actually happened on earth. It was all in heaven. Now, I admit that John has the vision in heaven, but you'll notice that there are a lot of references saying to what happens on earth. So these are, whether they're um, symbolic and not actual literal happenings or not, they are relative to the earth and to people on the earth. So I just want to, even if it's in a spiritual sense or a symbolic sense, I want to make sure that we don't have any confusion about that. Uh, It's mentioned too many times about the earth and people on the earth that it could somehow be referenced to something in heaven because these are things that are coming from, you know, the angels and from heaven to the earth, you know. So the first angel went and poured out his bowl on the earth. And loathsome and malignant sores came on the people who had the mark of the beast and who worshipped his image. The second angel poured out his bowl into the sea, and it turned into blood, like that of a corpse, foul and disgusting, and every living thing in the sea died. So this would mean every, everything in the sea died. That's what it says, that's what it means. Then the third angel poured out his bowl into the rivers and the springs of water, and they turned into blood. And I heard the angel of the waters saying, Righteous and just are you who are and who were, O holy one, because you judged these things, for they have poured out the blood of the saints, God's people, and the prophets, and you in turn have given them blood to drink. They deserve your judgment." And I heard another from the altar saying, Yes, O Lord God, the Almighty, the Omnipotent, the Ruler of all, your judgments are true and fair and righteous. Then the fourth angel poured out his bowl on the sun, and it was given power to scorch humanity with raging fire. People were severely burned by the great heat, and they reviled the name of God who has power over these plagues. But they did not repent of their sin and glorify him. Then the fifth angel poured out his bowl on the throne of the beast, and his kingdom was plunged into darkness. And people gnawed their tongues because of the pain of their excruciating anguish and severe torment. And they blasphemed the God of heaven because of their anguish and their sores, abscesses, boils. And they did not repent of what they had done, nor hate their wickedness. Then the sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great river, the Euphrates, and its water was dried up so that the way would be prepared 
for the coming of the kings from the east. And I saw three loathsome spirits, like frogs, leaping from the mouth of the dragon, Satan, and from the mouth of the beast. Um, this would be what we think of or what is termed as the Antichrist, this, this like dictator. And from the mouth of the false prophet, for they are actually the spirits of demons performing miraculous signs. And they go out to the kings of the entire inhabited earth to gather them together for the war of the great day of God the Almighty. Behold, I am coming like a thief. Blessed is he who stays awake and who keeps his clothes, that is, stays spiritually ready for the Lord's return, so that he will not be naked or spiritually unprepared, and men will not see his shame. And they, demons, gathered the kings and armies of the world together at the place which in Hebrew is called Harmageddon, and in parentheses we call it Armageddon, and it means mountain of Megiddo. And this is a note, and it indicates a region west and slightly south of the Sea of Galilee. So, an area there in Israel. Then the seventh angel poured out his bowl into the air, and a loud voice came out of the temple from the throne of God, saying, It is done. It is all over. It is all accomplished. It has come. And there were flashes of lightning and loud rumblings and peals of thunder, and there was a massive earthquake. Nothing like it has ever occurred since mankind originated on the earth. So severe and far-reaching was that earthquake. The great city was split into three parts, and the cities of the nations fell. And God kept in mind Babylon the great to give her the cup of wine of his fierce and furious wrath. Then every island fled away, and no mountains could be found. And giant hailstorms as heavy as a talent, and a talent weighed about a hundred pounds, I think, yeah. A talent was a big thing. Um, fell from the sky on the people, and people reviled and spoke abusively of God for the plague of the hail, because the plague was so very great. So here we see these punishments, these wraths poured out on unrepentant people, people who are not willing to repent, and they are still not willing to repent. They are stubborn. They are, I, I don't even know the right words, they are just stubborn and refuse. They are hateful. They, they refuse to repent. They refuse to, to, to repent from their wickedness, to think of the wrong things they do and in any way take, you know, they do not hate their wickedness. This implies that they're still enjoying their wickedness or that they still want to keep their wickedness. So there's that. And then there's another thing to notice here. And it's something I noticed the other day. And I, I wrote about this a little bit on Facebook. But uh, here's the thing. Let's look at verses 13 through about, yeah, 15. That's good. It's just a few verses. If we look at these, and, and let's, let's read this again, 
And I saw three loathsome spirits, like frogs, leaping from the mouth of the dragon, Satan, from the mouth of the beast, the one that we consider like the Antichrist, the one who is Satan's, um, what would you say, is like Satan's emissary, and then um, from the mouth and from the mouth of the false prophet, who is the one who is, um, you know, going before the beast and getting, well, going to the people and, and getting people to worship the beast, okay? Alright, so, for they actually, this are actually, for, uh, I misread that, I'm so sorry. For they are actually the spirits of demons performing miraculous signs and they go out to the kings of the entire inhabited earth to gather them together for the war of the great day of God the Almighty. So, they are going out performing these signs and really deceiving the world, deceiving even the great people of the world. Now notice in verse 15, we're reminded, we're given a warning again, we're reminded, Behold, I am coming like a thief. Blessed is he who stays awake and who keeps his clothes, that is, stays spiritually ready for the Lord's return, so that he will not be naked and not be spiritually unprepared, and men will not see his shame. So these are the power these are the powers of Satan, these are representative, even if if we don't take anything else away, we can look at this, this is representative of Satan and the way he deceives the world, but even were this to be future events or not, it doesn't really matter. We need to stay, okay, because there are things already in the world that occur and that happen. We need to make sure that we're staying with God, that we're following God, that we're staying spiritually ready, and that we're keeping our robes washed white. We're keeping ourselves set apart for God, that we are staying and following God and the Lord. That's very, that's the most Probably the most extreme important thing we can learn from all of Revelation is that we need to make sure that we're not falling into deception. Do not be deceived. If someone comes up, some prophet or whatever pops up, no matter what miraculous signs they do, and they say they're the Lord or they say they're Jesus, that's not, that's not the Lord. We've already been told. When the Lord comes back, everyone will know, period. Every eye will see it. It will not be something sneaky and hidden. So, regardless of how you look at this, I think the main takeaway we need to remember is, hey, do not be deceived. Let's stay spiritually aware and awake and prepared for the Lord's return. That's probably, again, the most important thing here is that we remember to not be deceived, and that we keep ourselves spiritually ready. These uh, these bowls of wrath, whether they be future things, like the severe earthquake and all that, or whether this be a, a representation of something else, talks about the great city and the cities of the nations, and God kept in mind Babylon the great. These could still be representations of cities even today, or of just cities in general, 
because where people tend to congregate into these large cities, I, I mean, not everybody in the city is corrupt and, and evil, but there's a lot of corruption and ungodliness that goes on. We've seen that down throughout history. That's, I don't think that's anything new. I don't think that's a surprise. So, I do find it interesting that there is, that this says, Then every island fled away and no mountains could be found after this earthquake. Um, I'm not aware of any such event ever happening. So if this were to be taken in a literal sense, I would say this has not happened. But if we're talking about this in more of a figurative or symbolic sense, then I, I have no idea. I have no way to say. And that's okay. I don't mind that. Then my main thing is I want to take away from here the main thing is that we not be deceived and not be fooled by any false teachers or false teaching. Even someone who is a good Christian but they accidentally believe something incorrectly. I don't want to fall into believing that with them even if I like them a lot. <laughs> you know, I don't want to be, you know, I have to go by what the Word of God says, so... We want to make sure that we're not deceived in any way, but most importantly, we don't want to be deceived in thinking that we're following the Lord and we find out that we are not following the Lord. We are following something else, something deceptive and evil. We don't want to be doing that. So, all right. So that is Revelation chapter 16. Hope you have a wonderful day. I do appreciate you listening. Uh, may the Lord bless you and keep you. And remember, God loves you.